Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen do it. Strange from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need the same music. No one man to have all that power. The clock ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. One bleeds red, and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, with your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Uh, you know, a little bit of a distance back and forth to work, 
you'd rather just drive on an easy pavement than uh, snow and ice. So bring the heat, and uh, I can't wait. Uh, speaking of bringing the heat, uh, a lot of things we're going to be talking about tonight, Scott. Uh, you know, I, first off, I want to thank you for uh, continuing uh, continuing on with the red versus blue. Uh, it's always a lot of fun. Uh, the crew, I'm sure the crew is going to be checking in uh, if they haven't already. Uh, affectionately called and. Uh, be more than happy to have you introduce them to uh, to everybody. But uh, yeah, we got a uh, live uh, FFPC uh, 77 draft uh, that's going on, and uh, there's just there's there's a lot of things going on. We're just waiting on them. Ah, uh, well, we're waiting on the punks to get everything finished up. When I say punks, I don't necessarily mean the uh, the players, the owners as well. So let's just get this thing finished up and let's get rolling. You know, it does get a little old uh, when we have to talk about it every single Friday night here on Red vs. Blue. Uh, the CBA, the lockout, uh, the money, the negotiations, the, the TV deals, it does get old. Uh, so I want to move on. I want to talk about all the exciting things that are happening. We know it's going to happen. We are not living in a world uh, that uh, where the NFL does not exist in 2011. The Indianapolis Colts are hosting the Super Bowl this year. We're right here in Indianapolis broadcasting live Red vs. Blue every Friday night, 11 p.m. Eastern. Thanks to the guys at Mark Ronick uh, from Blog Talk Radio and the Fantasy Sports Channel, FFC.FM, streams live 24 hours a day, seven days a week uh, to your iPod or MP3 player. You can watch us or listen to us live on the, uh, on the Internet on our podcast, uh, or you can listen live. And you can, uh, you know, stream it uh, through the, uh, the, the new toys, the uh, Apple TV uh, it streams live. We, we're all, always on iTunes Radio. You can listen to us there. And uh, look, we'll be starting up with these drafts very soon. We have uh, we, we have big news from the uh, Fantasy Football Players Championship. Of course, they've partnered with FootballGuys.com, and they host the live FPC drafts every year. They kick off. Uh, they, they did an awesome job in their inaugural year last year. I think they started off with like announcing a fifty thousand dollar top prize, and before you know it, the thing ballooned. Uh, over a hundred thousand dollars, and and here you have uh, a contest that can that can pull in fourteen hundred, fifteen hundred entries, maybe even sixteen hundred. I think in their first year. Uh, so who knows what kind of excitement and, and, and participation that's going to bring this year? The first draft is Sunday, July thirty first. So put it on your calendars if you haven't already. The first FPC draft is Sunday, July thirty first. Mike, you and I are scheduled to commentate. And a special uh, FPC draft live on Friday the 5th, August the 5th, Friday night. So put that on your calendars. We will be commenting live by play, live pick-by-pick action of an FPC draft uh, the first weekend the FPC drafts are announced. They already have started off with $75,000 top prize. Once they get to over 1,200 players, uh, the prizes all start to go up again. It's a $350 entry you have until this Monday night, July 25th. If you have not already, you can take advantage. I don't know where you've been, but if you didn't play it last year, you have until Monday night, July 25th, to take advantage of the Football Guys uh, discount, where if you buy a team, you get a free F- uh, Football Guys subscription. If you buy a three-pack, they, they sell the three-pack for, I think, a grand, you get the three-year subscription to football guys. So all around it's a good good deal. 
Great contest. We like it. It's a one and a half points per reception. It's dual flex. Hosted by the guys at FFPC. And Mike, I know you're into the FFPC. This you're you're playing. You're drafting right now in one of those live 77 leagues. Tell us all about it. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, we're dra- we're drafting right now in a uh, live 77. Uh, you know, and we're, we're keeping it uh, moving pretty good. Uh, it's a it's a league. Of, actually, uh, Dave Foley he he pretty much put it together. Uh, and it started, it's a baseball league, uh, uh, 12 of us uh, that were kind of anxious to be doing something. Uh, we got together, and uh, we ha- we did a baseball league. And uh, Kern, Kern Reed, actually, he's leading uh, he's leading the way in that baseball league. So we decided to put our own uh, 77 together, and with the uh, – you know, with the with the grace of uh, Chris uh, Chris Lambert and uh, Alex and uh, Dave and everybody at uh, FFPC, they allowed us to have our seventy seven. Uh, so that's what we're doing right now, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we're we're talking smack back and forth as far as uh, not just the football draft but the baseball as well, because uh, there's a lot of implications that goes in there because. The way that uh, the way that baseball worked was uh, the winner of the baseball league gets a uh, free main event entry into the FFPC. So uh, you know that's pretty sweet, and uh, we're having a lot of fun with it. And uh, I think this league can uh, continue to carry on. So it's been a lot of fun. Uh, talking about that FPC uh, August fifth uh, live draft, Scott. Uh, let me tell you something, uh, guys. Uh, one of the most fun times we have on this show, and it it is for me anyway, is when we have the live draft, when we can do the commentary and we are not drafting, uh, and, and we don't, uh, you know, don't tip any hands or anything like that, just uh, comment on uh, who drafted what or who drafted who and where, and, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. So I think that August 5th show – that August fifth show, excuse me, it's going to be a lot of fun. But that's uh, you know it's a lot of great things going on, and uh, you know I'm just looking forward to everything. Jeff Pasquino is our guest tonight from DynastyGuys.com. He's going to join us here in just a minute. We're going to talk with him about uh, some of, something that we posed earlier tonight. Uh, look, Jeff is just a dynasty player. He's an all around uh, veteran of, of fantasy football. We're going to talk. Uh, about some sleepers who we think could be drafted outside of the top 20 at running back and wide receiver and net you uh, quite possibly a top five or, or, or even a top ten performance. You know, a lot of times you miss on those runs, and we want to make sure we, uh, we we get those sleepers out there uh, before too long. But, yeah, FPC, listen, that's a great contest. I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely going to get at least one team. I don't know, maybe a three-pack. Ryan Stricker was the $100,000 winner last year. I believe he had, you know, the trio of Hillis and Vic and, you know, all those uh, Foster. That was really the, the trio that, that, you know, brought home the bacon last year, Hillis, uh, Foster, and Vic. Man, that was uh, that was hard to beat wherever you went. And, uh, you know, last year uh, tight ends were drafted really early. Uh, there were a lot of key injuries to the tight end position in that format. And so, you know, we, we, we very likely, and what we've been seeing early on is, is a little bit of, cooling of the Jets, so to speak, uh, on the tight end position in that format. That's something you have to pay attention to. And, and then, of course, you know, we really can't get serious about drafting until this free agent frenzy that everybody's hearing about. Look, I heard Adam Shefty say it just this morning. He said it could be the most crazy day in the history of the NFL. We could talk 
We could be talking about a signing per minute, Mike. That's how crazy things could be on Wednesday, man. And and, and here's the thing I'll, I'll comment, and then I'll, and I'll turn it over to you, Mike. I think this this time around, I think we're going to see a lot of players sticking with their home team. And here's my theory on that. I think the owners are in the drive, or, or the, the the team owners are in the driver's seat here because this isn't your typical free agency where they, you know, you hear about all these players saying they're going to test the waters. That's not really possible this year. You really don't have that luxury because here's what's going to happen: owners are going to make an offer, and with that offer, they're going to say, "Look, we're strapped for time. We don't have any time to." let you figure this thing out. You've got to let us know which way you're going to go, because if not, we've got to go after plan B. And what do you want to do? Because if you don't accept, the offer is coming off the table. It has to be that way, and we've got to go look elsewhere because we've got to fill this need. What is your thought on that, Mike? Well, you know, I agree with you uh, pretty much to a point. Uh, There's going to be some true veteran players. Uh, whether it be, uh, you know, like your McNabb or somebody like that, uh, maybe even a, uh, I wouldn't call him a veteran, but a Michael Bush or a Thomas or what have you. There's going to be some true veteran players. They're going to test it, and they're going to test the market, and they will have a perfect opportunity to fit into a situation, uh, say, in week two, three even, at, even that early, so uh, I think most most everybody will stand pat. Uh, like you said, I agree with that. But there's going to be some veteran players, uh, some running back, wide receivers, even a couple quarterbacks that are floating out there that they can fit in because they're true professionals and they can do that. So uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to you know you know maybe take a flyer on on somebody that. Uh, maybe as jobless, you think, and could end up in a pretty good situation. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. Uh, the, the other thing is that the draft starts Sunday night, the Pros versus Joe's Challenge, hosted by a group uh, effort of Fantasy Mojo and the FFPC. Uh, FantasyMojo.com, Darren Armani, uh, put together a nice competition where – they have uh, several leagues. I think there's uh, eight leagues this year, six pros, six Joes in each. And uh, we're going to bring on Jeff Pasquino right now because Jeff is one of the pros in uh, FantasyMojo.com's Pros versus Joes Challenge. Uh, I don't know if you guys are drafting. Uh, I think you guys are drafting Sunday night, right, 10 p.m. Jeff, how are you, buddy? Hey, how you guys doing? Yeah, I think it's Sunday night. Um, up against Mike. I think Mike's at the other end of the draft. And I might take a kicker this time, and maybe even the defense, Jeff. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. Good to hear you. Jeff Pasquino from DynastyGuys.com. Jeff, you drew the three-hole, so let's talk about that for a second real quick. And we, we, we can go ahead and tip a hand here at the three-pick. Uh, very likely, Arian Foster uh, and Adrian Peterson uh, are two likely names there. Or maybe Adrian Peterson slips and uh, – you know, let's say somebody like uh, Jamal Charles goes up there or um, Chris Johnson. So let's just say Foster and Chris Johnson, one and two, you're at the three pick. Who do you take? Uh, I think it's Adrian Peterson. I, I, th- I think those are your top three. I, I think Charles is probably fourth. Um, I, I think you just got to go with those guys just because they're going to be horses this year. Uh, I'm not buying the whole Adrian Peterson holdout thing. That's not going to happen. 
So Foster and Chris Johnson and Peter. I think actually Chris Johnson might actually get a little bit of competition for touches this year from uh, Jamie Harper on the rookie front. Well, and Javon Rigger didn't look too shabby in, in the in the spot duty that he had. I've, I have heard rumors that they want to get him more work. Uh, he, he's definitely somebody that could be uh, a, a valuable player on another team if it doesn't work out there. So, Jeff, you're at the three pick. You come all the way down, Mike Teasy. Uh, you're down at the ten. Now, yep. this is interesting because this is this is kind of like what I wanted to talk about tonight. Uh, there are just a slew of good running backs this year that I can put all in that RB1 category. I count up 12 that I would be perfectly comfortable with taking as my RB1. I got Foster, Peterson, Chris Johnson, Ray Rice, Jamal Charles, LaShawn McCoy, Karen McFadden, Mendenhall, Gore, Forte, Steven Jackson, and Hillis. I really feel comfortable. I don't care what anybody that's tracker say about Hillis or Steven Jackson. Those guys are still RB1s. They get a lot of receptions. Touchdowns are kind of up and down every year. Uh, but I would feel pretty good about any of those. And then you've also got the possibility of going A.J. or Calvin or Fitzgerald if, if Kevin Cobb lands there. So, Mike, you're in the 10 pick. You're going you're gonna to try to go RB wide receiver, wide receiver running back, or you're going to try to surprise us and get a tight end in there? You know, uh, I can't go ahead with tight end right there. Uh, right now I'm looking at uh, RB wide receiver or vice versa. Uh, you know, there's – there's a ton of opportunities uh, at that pick. I'm not, I'm not thrilled with it, uh, with the pick, but, you know, you, everybody has to deal with it. So, uh, uh, honestly, I'm looking at uh, pretty much a uh, Roddy White, uh, Calvin maybe, uh, you know, Mendenhall if he wants to fall to 10. I, that, that, could be a, that could be a good idea. And then with uh, McFadden and Frank Gore. So, you know, I, I'm going to go running back, wide receiver, and then uh, on, on the turnaround uh, when I come back, then I'm going to uh, pretty much uh, pretty much focus on uh, best player available, and, and you know that's what I got to do in this type of format. It, you know, it, it's fun in this type of format because take the best player available and let the buys work them out because we're not playing against anybody on week to week basis. You want to get the best player, get the most points. And how many times in this type of format have you seen a filler, uh, I'd say a 16th, 18th round pick, end up getting you, I don't know, 8, 9, 10 points uh, on a week that, uh, you know, one of your studs was on a bat. So what I'm saying is get, get the players that are going to get the most points. You know, but, Mike, I'm looking here at all these running backs again. Uh, we just talked about Forte, Peterson, Chris Johnson, Ray Rice, Jamal Charles. That's five. Uh, you're not going to get any of those very likely. LaShawn McCoy is six in the top six at least. MJD, man, could you imagine if MJD slips because AJ and Calvin or something go up there and MJD slips to ten? No way he makes it past you at ten. You've got McFadden and Mendenhall. I would almost have to go, if, if those guys are gone, if MJD is gone, if uh, McCoy and Charles and all those guys are gone, uh, and McFadden would be a possibility there at 10, maybe Mendenhall, if either one of those guys are still there, I'm thinking if AJ's probably gone, man, it might be tempting to just go ahead and get one of those stud wide receivers in Alvin or Fitz and then come well, back no, and get any of the run back. 
That's what I was going to say, Scott. I mean, if MJD is available, should I take Roddy White and forfeit MJD knowing that I may have a chance at Darren Fadden? Well, I'll go ahead and let Jeff answer that one. <laughs> what do you think, Jeff? Uh, uh, I, I personally would not take MGG at 10. I wouldn't. I just think there's way too much injury risk. I've been a big fan of Rashad Jennings since he was drafted. Uh, I, I think that MJD is going to break down at some point and just not be worth. There's, no, I don't see a ton of upside. I see a ton of downside to MJD. I would avoid him. I would go somewhere else, and I'd be okay taking the top wide receiver in that spot and then coming back whatever running back falls to me. Mendenhall, Forte, Gore, I'm okay with either one of those guys. Yeah, you know, uh, Jeff, I'm, that's that's what I'm kind of looking at right here is, uh, you know, I, I, at first I couldn't stand the spot, but now the more I'm looking at it, it you know, it gives it a lot of flexibility there uh, with the running back wide receiver uh, type tandem. And then, uh, you know, coming back on the next time around, uh, maybe being able to do a uh, quarterback tight end tandem. But who knows? Well, there's another possibility. Yeah. There's another possibility that exists, Mike, uh, if, if you do pass on the running back and nobody else does. Because this is the FFPC, remember, uh, the format here, you can start four running backs. And, and it feels good when, when you're in the playoffs or when you're in the winter weather and you can just rock trot out running backs, you know, because you don't have to worry about the weather. You know, wide receivers do have that uh, where if it's bad wind or uh, snow, it's, it's a little more difficult to get their points when you need them in the playoffs. So, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to, you know, you might see some players go running back heavy. We see it every draft, RB heavy, and then they get their sleepers at wide receiver later. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, but there's a possibility you could go wide receiver, wide receiver as well if you've got a sleeper uh, tuned in at running back. So if you just got to really look at who's on the board and take it. But I think you're in a really good shot at number 10, to be able to get a guy like Larry Fitzgerald, who, for whatever reason, you know, without quarterback, he's being drafted, you know, somewhere around wide receiver five or six. But if he signs, if what we hear with Kevin Cobb and these secret meetings uh, that with, uh, with with Fitzgerald and Cobb, Fitzgerald goes back into the top three wide receivers, bar none, period, point blank. He's a top three wide receiver. He goes from that 19 range to that 10 to – 14 range in a draft, and and you could you could land Fitzgerald as your uh, as your second second pick. Well, Scott, just to touch on what you just said, uh, you know, in in the 77 that I'm in uh, with the baseball crew, uh, that's exactly what we did. Uh, we went uh, we had the, the sixth pick, uh, and we took uh, we took Ray Rice. We come back around, and even though Stephen Jackson was on the same buy as Ray Rice. We got Steven Jackson at 2-7. We, we said, what the heck, let's go ahead. Uh, let's solidify some pretty solid points there. Uh, we're going to suffer in week five, but it doesn't matter because it's points. It's all it is, total points. And, you know, that's what we did, and uh, and we've been able to re- uh, recover ever since uh, from that. So, uh, you know, you never know. I mean, you, you just get – Get the best player available, and I'll just continue to bank on that. Jeff, that's the guy that you have talked about in the past, Steven Jackson. Uh, again, we haven't seen many touchdowns from him, but, again, it's a bad offense. 
the offense appears to be getting a whole lot better with Sam Bradford now at the helm in, a, in an emerging defense. Spagnuolo knows what he's doing. Uh, I mean, they went from like 31st to like 15th last year, so it's really improving, and you're going to get it back get him the ball more. What do you think about Steven Jackson, uh, a resurgence in his career this late? I think it's possible. I think he's, you know, he's not – he's got a lot of miles on him, but even when he's been the focus of that offense, he's still been able to produce. Yes, the touchdowns haven't come, but you got to keep in mind that, you know, all the projections I've seen have Sam Bradford throwing for 8,000 yards this year to uh, about 20 different wide receivers. So um, there is going to be a lot of throwing in that offense, and he gets the tight ends mixed in, and uh, I, I – there's going to be a mixture there. I, I don't know if that's going to be an impact because you haven't had a lot of touchdowns in the past for Jackson, but I think if you can get him as a value pick, as an RB2, it's, it's something you really have to consider. You guys have uh, Mino Brown in your draft at the two pick, and he is here in the chat room tonight as well. Um, cool. You guys have got Hudson Reese, Sudden Birth. You've got Jared Smola from Draft Sharks. Uh, got six hundred there, that, too. Yeah, you got you got a heck of a draft. And Sigmund Bloom from DraftGuys.com. So it should be a really fun draft to watch on Sunday night, this Sunday night. I'm sure they're going to send out some links, and we're going to be able to follow along in the action. I tell you, we're going to be glued to our computer for the next four or five days here with those drafts, trying to find out what kind of value is slipping. Now, I'm in a, um, I'm in a draft uh, on Monday night. Who's on Monday? Uh, Monday night, 10 p.m., and this draft is loaded. I have the one pick, so here I am sitting with this same decision that I hey, had. Hey, what are you going to do with it? Not too long ago, is it Arian Foster or is it, for me, Jamal Charles? That's the question. I'm going to flip a coin and pick a guy because I think that's my one and one A this year in 2011. I just have to make up my mind. I've got Foster uh, at least in two. It's a two pick. I've got him at the three pick. It seems like some guys are just letting him slip. I don't know what they're scared of, Jeff. Do you do you see any reason to be afraid of Arian Foster? Why why are people letting him are, are not thinking about him as the undisputed number one pick this year? I mean, Ben Tate's not that scary. Well. I do like Ben Tate, and I think that he's getting a uh, short end of the stick as far as the value because he got hurt last August, and everyone's forgotten about him. But Arian Foster proved that he could carry the rock and he could tote the load. But Owen Daniels was not a big part of that offense last year, and when he came back, he saw a lot of targets. It was a lot bigger part of that, that passing game. Matt Schaub has always put up a lot of numbers, and you're, you're really asking Houston to be more competitive this year and, and really run the ball and try and control that game. Uh, there is the possibility that that they throw the ball a little bit more, maybe mix it up with another running back. But I think Foster is going to be your main guy. I don't see him being that much of a threat on the on the downside. I could see a case being made for Chris Johnson or Adrian Peterson first, or or maybe even Jamal Charles in a PPR league. But I, I don't see any reason Arian Foster would slip outside of the top couple of picks, and it's really a, a personal preference. This draft is absolutely loaded. I think I'm, I think I'm going to play it safe and go ahead and take Arian Foster. I don't I don't see anything that, that scares me about this guy, Mike. Uh, the guy has vision. It's not something you can teach. When he gets the ball, he is a home run hit, and and so is Charles. Uh, definitely, anytime Charles touches the ball, he's a hit. But I love the fact that that, that Foster fits into that prototypical. Uh, stud elite running back, 326 carries last year. Charles got 230. 
Foster gets the reception. The one thing that will come down for Foster is the touchdowns, obviously. You can't expect 18 touchdowns. You probably can't expect eight touchdowns, you know. I mean, take another 60 points off the board for Foster, and he's still the number one running back. So, I don't think there's any way I can not take Arian Foster. Right, Scott. It's his breakout ability. Uh, You know, how he catches the ball out of the the backfield and uh, just – can explode and move on. Uh, you know, I, I would like to find something out of uh, Foster, Charles, uh, that these guys uh, can be on a winning team because that, that can help. Uh, that can help a whole lot. Uh, but uh, the fact that Arian Foster is uh, he's on a team that's trying to get over the top, uh, you know, he's going to consistently catch balls out of the backfield, and that means a lot. Especially in that, how many times last year did you see him catch a little flare for uh, a little screen pass and go, uh, I don't know, 25, 30 yards? You know what, guys? Let me tell you another reason why I like Arian Foster as the uh, number one running back. And it comes down to injuries. We can't predict them, they happen. And they can ruin your fantasy season uh, quickly if you don't have a plan B. The Houston Texans give you the, the the option of having a plan B because the offensive line uh, plays well. They play together, and it doesn't matter who's back there. It could be Derek Ward. Uh, maybe it could be Ben Tate. I still think it's Derek Ward as my true handcuff to Arian Foster. When I look at the other top running back options, I don't see that true handcuff that could still be an elite running back. Jeff, do you, do you see anything that might dispute that? I mean, Ray Rice, McGahee's gone, Peterson – I mean, Gerhardt doesn't do anything for you. And Charles, I mean, Thomas Jones doesn't save the day. Well, I think Gerhardt is underappreciated. I think that he can do a lot uh, a lot more than people think, especially scoring touchdowns. That's He scored quite a bit in college, and I think that he's got the bulldozer between the tackle mentality to get it done. But I'm telling you guys, Jamie Harper is not – he's, he's nothing to sneeze at. People haven't seen him yet. He's a rookie. He did well in the ACC. He did very well. Or so, yeah, he was at Clemson. So he he did very well, and people just haven't seen a lot of his games. He's a very good back, and I'm not, you know, people were saying Ringer is the hank of. Jamie Harper is a guy not to sleep on. If you've got a flyer pick late in your draft, he's there. Why not? The upside is so huge if he gets that role. I think uh, yeah. people around the Three are Googling the name Jamie Harper for probably the first time in their life. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I, I just wrote it down. I said, Jeff, don't be mad. Don't be mad now if I take Jamie Harper. Go ahead. I got plenty of, I got plenty of other guys you never heard of. Yeah, he's uh, E.J. Spiller I, Part 2. Well, look, I, I, it's going to be a fun draft on Sunday night. I've got uh, Fantasy Mojo in there with me. I've got Lance Kirby, Sports Betting Man in the house. I've got I've got John Duckworth from the Big F and Dynasty Show. We've got Jules McClain from Fantasy Freaking Football. Joe Ponte from Old School uh, on the message board. And then Tony Sincata from uh, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. I'm going to get with Tony and see if we can't get a little live coverage on Sirius of this draft. So should be a lot of fun. You've definitely got to tune in to the uh, Pros versus Joe's drafts. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, Scott, I want to ask you, uh, now, you're looking at, uh, obviously, uh, running back uh, right from the get-go, and then you got that turn with two picks. Uh, what do you think you're going to go after there? 
Oh, I have absolutely no idea whatsoever. You know, in a draft like this, if I if I could get lucky and and get a Miles Austin, you know, at the end of that first, at the end of that second round, and maybe even come back and get another wide receiver because I feel good about the running back position. I'd take a Miles Austin and a Mike Wallace all day long at twenty four, twenty five, and just kind of sit back, go grab a beer, and wait for the uh, four or five turn where I'll pick up my tight end and and my sleeper quarterback. I mean that. I feel really good about the start of the team with a running back, uh, you know, wide receiver turn there uh, at 2-3. I mean, it feels good. And I'm in a good spot to get, though, the end of that tier. Look, when I'm looking at wide receivers here, A.J. Calvin, Fitz, Roddy, Nix, right? That's your top five, and those guys are gone by about, if you have the 10 pick or the 9 pick, those top five wide receivers are gone because they're going to scoop them up around that turn. So then the middle of the draft, you get your Jennings, uh, you get your Wallace, your Austin, maybe your Reggie Wayne for somebody that's still a fan, uh, and, and then maybe even a Dwayne Bowe if you still believe in, 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 in his season from last year. Uh, there's still, though, there's about 12 wide receivers that are contenders for a nice wide receiver one or wide receiver two option there. Brandon Marshall is at the end of that list. And, and then you've got Vincent Jackson, Jeff. Uh, are there any other names that you think you might consider there to, to lead your wide receiver corps? Mm, as my wide receiver one uh, in a PPR league, I would not, I, I wouldn't be upset if if I had to go with Jeremy Macklin. I would not be upset at all. And that offense and the amount of catches that guy gets, especially in, in the red zone, I think he's definitely worth considering as your wide receiver one. Wow, you know, that's a name I didn't have on, on my list as my wide receiver one. I had 12 names, the 12 I mentioned, and then the two in parentheses that I put down that said, you know, I'm kind of on the fence, Mike Williams of Tampa and Deshaun Jackson. Now, you mentioned the other wide receiver, so you're predicting a bigger year for Macklin than Deshaun Jackson. I mean, Djax is that home run hitter. FFPC gives you action scoring, so if he gets a touchdown on special teams, you know, he gets those six points too. What do you think, uh, D-Jack? You cut Macklin ahead of D-Jack. Well, in a league like Pros versus Joes, where you are playing, it's his best ball, and you do get the action scoring, that's two bonuses for Deshaun, I would consider him higher, and i put him about on par. But if you look at the the, the targets, the catches, the touchdowns, uh, and the games played, <laughs> Macklin wins all those categories. And the ADP is also more favorable. So... You have to go a full round earlier to get Jackson and where you can get Macklin around later, and it's about the same value, if not more. So that's why I tend to like Macklin just from a um, a bargain, will you get more bang for your buck kind of pick. Macklin, yeah, Yeah, real quick, Scott, I've kind of noticed that in uh, in a lot of mocks and uh, just having a lot of fun with this, is that uh, Macklin is going way ahead of uh, Deshaun. And, you know, it really surprised me. And, you know, that's why we went a different direction uh, as far as we had Deshaun Jackson in front of us. We went a different direction um, because we were just afraid that uh, Macklin's going to get – he's going to get all of it. And keep in mind, you know, I'm an Eagles fan. I watch all the Eagles games. I've seen every snap of them for the last several years. I know that both these players back and forth wouldn't hesitate Macklin over Jackson. Okay. Well, right right now, uh, Deshaun Jackson is being drafted, according to my fantasyleague.com ADP of real drafts, 12-team redraft PPR leagues. Deshaun Jackson is pick 31 off the board. 
Jeremy Macklin picked 41 off the board. Uh, and the least we've seen Macklin go is right there at the end of the second, which is what you were talking about. And so, you know, if you're high on Macklin and you can see him having that type of year, I could see him going maybe in the mid, mid-third round. Um, so that is right around that uh, capable wide receiver one. Mike, there's another name that you didn't mention and hasn't been mentioned yet is Des Bryant. Uh, again, with Tony Romo back in the fold, Des Bryant seems like, I mean, there's no, there's, it's not set in stone that Miles Austin is the wide receiver one. We feel that way, right? But there's nothing set in stone that says Des Bryant isn't the best player on that team. Yeah, you know, Des Bryant, uh, he's going to continue to grow uh, with Tony Romo. Uh, you know, what's happening right now is going to hurt Des Bryant more than it's going to help him. Uh, you know, Miles Austin's going to be fine. Uh, Des Bryant needs this period of time to uh, grow and mature uh, with the offense. Uh, you know, I'd say uh, come, uh, you know, come week six, seven, eight, he's going to be just fine. Uh I'm I'm still leery about pulling the trigger on Des Bryant. I really am, Scott. Uh, I just uh, I I just am. I, I don't. The maturity is not quite there yet. Jeff, I'm going to pose this to the chat room here. The crew at Red versus Blue, uh, they've got a lot of good discussion. They've had an Andy Awesome Law discussion tonight. That they're, they've talked about Michael Vick, DJX. They're talking about them all. Uh, they're saying Nandi to. Uh, the Jets. I can't believe that's uh, that's even happening right now. But I asked them, and I'm going to post this to you, Jeff. Des Bryant, I'm seeing this ADP at, at wide receiver 14. Would you ever consider Des Bryant in his second year ahead of Brandon Marshall, Wes Welker, your Jeremy Macklin? I mean, those are three big names right there that had very successful years, you know, in the past and even last year. Uh, but people are drafting Des Bryant ahead of those guys. Uh, well, if you're looking for, if you're in a big league where you got to get a lot of points, or you got to you got to go big or go home in, the, in a big contest, I can see going Bryant. I can definitely see. I definitely could see Bryant over Marshall or even Welker. But uh, I think that the touchdowns were high for him. I think he scored six touchdowns last year on limited games, and he is a target in the end zone now. Uh, again, Romo loves, not only does he love Austin, but he also loves Jason Witten, too. So um, the nice thing about Dallas is their ground game is a mess. I, I don't like their ground game at all. So I think that Romo is going to throw a lot of touchdowns. They have a solid backup, so the passing game is always going to be number one there. Um, the weather is usually favorable for him. So I, I like Des Bryant, especially in a best ball format. So if, you, if you're looking for big scores, and he's a great guy to have in a, in a best ball league because – you know he's going to be you know up and down, and you, if you want to ride those touchdowns, touchdown catchers in best ball leagues are what you want because they're going to have those high scores on a week to week basis. Very hard for me to chew, Mikey. Uh, Des Bryant over those guys and those kind of names. I mean, I, look, Steve Johnson was was Fitzpatrick's baby last year. I mean, and he is being drafted at wide receiver nineteen off the board. I just can't see, just like Jeff said, there's a lot of weapons in Dallas. And for Des Bryant to to fit up there that high, I mean, Romo's going to, number one, have to have a very special year. And I believe he will. But is Des Bryant, if he's ready for the big time, uh, I mean, there's, there's also, there's there are some question marks around Des Bryant, his character, decision-making, and not really about his football play. But there are other weapons on that team. And nobody's talking about Roy Williams. He's not, he's not going anywhere either. And he's still a target on the field. 
Right. And the only the only way that Des Bryant is going to have a special year is if the running game has a special year as well. And you know, Jeff Jeff just commented on it that uh, you know, let's face it, Dallas is uh their running game is uh suspect. It's not very good. Uh they're gonna have to solidify a running game. Uh they know they can dump it off to Jason Witten all the time. Uh they know they got these things in place, but you know, when you're going up against the NFC East, uh, I mean, uh, when you're going up against Philly, Washington, I mean, these guys that play serious uh, one-on-one defense and uh, cover two, they're going to cover them up, and you've got to open up some kind of running game. So uh, that's what Dallas has to do in order for Des Bryant to be successful in a fantasy uh, in a fantasy atmosphere. All right, Jeff, we're going to get on with this segment here. We are looking for sleeper running backs. We're going to start with the running back position, get this out of the way. Sleeper running backs, we're looking at ADP right now. And what we need, uh, look, you, sometimes you, you, you do take, like like Mike talked about, he might go wide receiver, wide receiver, and then wait on the turn and come back and get his running back later. By that time, 20 running backs could be off the board. Uh, you never know in a league like the FFPC. Uh, or maybe you don't take one of the first three rounds because a stud tight end is in there. So you went wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end to start your draft because you have a sleeper that you listen to on Red versus Blue. You listen to Jeff. Maybe you were in the chat room here at the crew, and you really fell in love with a running back. Who's that running back that you could fall in love with this year, Jeff, drafted outside the top 20 that could be top five or at least top ten? Uh, I think round four and five is a little early for Jamie Harper, but uh, there are a couple guys I like there, and I think I think the number one guy at the three four turn I would look at, and it's in that twenty ish range, D'Angelo Williams. I think that guy is going to perform in Carolina or more likely Denver as a stud running back. He's done it in the past. He's going to put up the numbers. He and, and they love him. With John Fox loves him, and Carolina loves him. So I don't think he can lose either direction. So. He's going to be on a big contract. He's going to prove that he's finally worth that payday. He's the number one choice for me out there. I've also got two more, but I'll defer to Mike to let him put one up there before I go with my next two. You know what, uh, D. Will, I don't mind that one bit at all. Uh, you know, that's pretty good. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, pretty good pick uh, as far as uh, free agents. Uh, when when I look at free agents. Uh, I'm going to have to go uh, way on down the line, uh, but, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure, Jeff. I'm, I mean, really, uh, D-Will. Uh, well, I'll throw another one out there. Yeah, I'll throw another one out free. there while you're looking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll throw another name out there. That's, that's pretty solid. <laughs> well, how about, how about Marshawn Lynch out in Seattle? Now, Seattle hasn't signed anybody yet. They've rebuilt the offensive line. They're looking at getting another quarterback out there, and the NFC West is soft. So I think Marshawn Lynch, and everybody remembers that big run from the playoff game, I think that's a guy, especially in PPR leagues, I think he's going to get lots of touches there too. Forsett might get a little bit of action, but or Reggie Bush if they sign him, but I think they're going to spend money elsewhere. I think that you're going to be looking for Marshawn Lynch as your running back three who could perform as a top-20 running back this year. My uh... – Jeff, I, want to, I looked at Lynch as a possibility at RB26. I think of beast mode. 
But I saw 200 carries last year, 730 yards. I couldn't give him my nod as my sleeper. I looked at him. I took a hard look because I really liked what I saw late, especially in the Saints game, uh, you know, in the course of the run. But the next week, four carries for two yards against Chicago. Nobody's really talking about that or how iffy he kind of looked in that game. And, and so I don't know if I really see it in him as much as I see it in a couple of other guys. And the one in particular that I kind of honed in on, I called him Shady Light for 2011. That's Felix Jones. RB23, he gets Romo back. There's a lot of weapons there, but he still averaged four and a half yards a carry. And look, here's the thing. On 180 carries, the guy put up 800 yards, 48 receptions. That's what I like to see. The touchdowns are very flighty every year. I mean, last year it was two. This year it could be ten. McCoy, we saw McCoy do it, Jeff. He was number three in the league on just 200 carries. And so it's not a reach for me to see Marion Barber go. Murray's in, but he's a rookie. I can see Felix Jones getting that 220, 230 carries, and he gets that 60 or 65 catches this year, and all of a sudden your RB23 is in an RB top five. So what do you think about what do you think about Felix Jones in the top five? I know you're not supposed to hate on any player, and I know you're, you're supposed to look at every player has has their value, but I can't take an injury waiting to happen. I think Felix Jones, and especially in a committee with three heads, uh, I think with Romo coming back, and you got all those offensive weapons in the passing game. You got an offensive line that's in that's aging rapidly. Who knows if Free is going to be back? I can't take Felix Jones, and, and I'm not. Don't, no way, I'm hanging my hat on five catches a game for sixty for sixty catches. That's not going to be it. Uh, I would much rather take you know a, a, take the second the second or third running back and much later in the draft and wait for Felix Jones to get hurt because you know it's going to happen. Uh, I'm just I'm I'm not really on board with Felix Jones. So I just haven't seen enough. I know you're trying to say the next McCoy, but we know what that offense is in Philadelphia. They throw the ball to the running back. Doesn't matter who it is. If there's a feature running back, he's going to get catches. Dallas, you just don't know. They could, Romo could be back and throw 35 times a game, and only a couple targets to the running back. Well, uh, Jeff, Sean, Sean, let me Sean throw, let me throw one at you real quick. Uh, I'm sorry, Scott. Let me throw one at you real quick. Uh, it's something I've been uh, thinking about, and we've all uh, we've all seen that. You know, the the fact that Kevin Cobb could end up in Arizona. How much of a difference do you think that Kevin Cobb could make with Larry Fitzgerald and the entire Arizona offense? Because they're not that far off. Uh, well, let's, let's take the if away. Okay, Cobb is going to Arizona. Okay, I, I, if there's anything I could write in stone this year, it's Cobb is going to Arizona. Okay, I won't go into details how I know, but Cobb is going to Arizona, so let's just get that out of the way. Secondly, the offense goes up. I'm I'm trying to find out if he if he who he likes. I know that him and Fitz are you know developing a nice relationship, but they love the way the guy throws the ball. Cobb is a pocket passer, West Coast timing offensive kind of guy. That's that's what he grew up in. That's what he excels in. I think he's going to do well. I think Ryan Williams is going to do well in that offense. And I think in a tight end league, 
if they figure out who the tight end is going to be, and I don't know who it's going to be yet. I think the tight end could even get a little bit of love in Arizona, but I think that's a little bit too early to say that. If I think Cobb's going to do well. I think he's definitely a very strong QB2. That can be a QB1 if you're looking for, as as we mentioned earlier, that quarterbacks outside the top ten that could be up a little bit more. I think that Cobb could be up there, especially if the running game is still trying to figure itself out. Let's move on to the wide receiver position game. We've got about another uh, 12 minutes in the show here. Uh, the wide receiver position is, is, is kind of similar. You've got uh, about 10 to 12 really good studs that you could bring on. But if you miss out uh, and, you're, and, you're, and you're you know crossing your fingers with the guys that we were talking about earlier uh, to hold the fort down, there's a possibility that they do have those, those games that aren't all that uh, consistent and that great. I mean, I love Harvin. I love – you know, uh, Welker and, 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 and Marshall, but those guys may have some uh, some off games here and there, depending on the quarterback or maybe even the the off uh, the the offensive uh, you know uh, output for the day. So I'm looking for a wide receiver that's drafted outside the top 20 that could produce in the top five, top 10 range. Uh, Jeff, what do you got? Wide receiver. Uh couple names. I think uh, Kenny Britt has got the upside to be a wide receiver one if he can, you know, keep himself clean. Uh, and in PPR league, I'll throw out there Santana Moss. He was there last year. Uh, he's a free agent. Uh, he could be back in Washington, but he could be. Rumors had it back at going to New England as a possibility, or even Chicago. But I think Santana Moss has proven that he could be a thousand-yard receiver, catch 80, 90 balls, and find his way into the end zone. Those are the first two wide receivers I put on my list. I'd like to jump in uh, real quick, uh, Johnny Knox. I would, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Johnny Knox have a, you know, a pretty decent year with Chicago. Uh, you know, he's, he's shown it, and uh, we can see, you know, maybe he's a little too high for what you're looking for, uh, Scott. But uh, Johnny Knox and uh, a couple others. I mean, you know, it just uh, there's a lot of wide receiver heavy in my opinion. But uh, Julio Jones. You never know. But uh, Johnny Knox would be my guy. That's not a bad pick, Mike. I mean, you know, that's the kind of pick that, that, that makes you think uh, what, what Cutler's capable of. Obviously, Knox was one of the, uh, you know, guys that everybody kind of fell in love with early on, and he didn't really produce. But he did kind of he did kind of uh, have some games there where he showed some problems, especially against the Jets. That was a game. Uh, that was a game. But I, I don't see him as a high-output type of guy. Recession-wise, I thought maybe he was a Steve Smith in waiting, but there's not that many Steve Smiths. Let's just face it, and and, and I don't know if he has that ability until they bring in another weapon. Now, if they bring in somebody else, like a Plaxico, or I don't know if it's Plaxico, but another wide receiver, you know, somehow Vincent Jackson gets there in a crazy way or something, somebody that gets there, that, or Holmes or Braylon or something, then you're talking about an opportunity for Knox to really thrive in a marked offense. But until that happens, I kind of like Brett. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just don't think that I want to pin my hopes on a guy with that kind of a head case. I, I, and, and you know, I'm about ready to tell, talk about another head case and Big Mike Williams. I mean, this kid. Where did he come from last year? With the fact that he really got it together, 68 catches, 750 yards, no scores really to speak of, only two scores. But for a guy that hadn't played competitive football for for a couple of years, that's pretty darn good for his first year back and. If, if his off-season, if you've watched his off-season workouts or you read up on that, you've got to check that out. Just Google off-season workouts for Williams. You'll see what I'm talking about. 6'5", this guy is probably one of the stronger wide receivers in the league. 
He's got just a big time advantage in the red zone with the routes, like the, you know the fade route. And I can see them really going to that this year and, and taking advantage of him. I mean, he's, he's a he's a heck of a player, man. I, I can really see if if they put a few more targets at this guy, this could be a this could be a guy that uh, really could produce. What do you think about uh, Big Mike Williams, Jeff? Uh, I, I like him. Um, it's uh, again where you'd have to draft him versus uh, upside versus downside. I don't. I don't know. I mean, once they clear that first fifteen to twenty wide receiver, it really starts to get murky. And I think that you can make a case for several guys outside that top twenty to be uh, up on the high side. But uh, there's also that downside risk. You know, that the, the chat room's talking about Steve Smith and where he might wind up. And I, I love him if he goes to San Diego. I agree with that. I think that's a great place for him to go. And I think that would be a nice rekindling of his value there. But, I mean, there are guys that are getting lots of hype. But Jacoby Ford's out there that's getting a lot of hype. Could he be up there? I don't know. It's. I think really the, the problem is that after you get to the past 15 to 20 wide receivers on the list, it gets murky and you're really kind of rolling some dice. Yeah. Another name I like is Antonio Holmes. We know we, we talked about him in depth last, year, last week and the week prior. Holmes is a guy that, no matter where, really where he goes, he's one of the better wide receivers in the league and capable of a whole lot of action if they give him the ball. The Jets is probably the wrong team for him to excel at a top ten level just because that's not really their offensive style. But he's pretty damn good no matter where he goes. Now, on quarterback and tight end, I want to take it outside the top ten because, let's face it, I mean, if you could find a quarterback outside the top 20 to be top five, I mean, wow. But let's say you're one of the last guys to pick up a quarterback. Ten guys are off the board. You're sitting there trying to find a quarterback that's going to take it. This seems like the, the total no-brainer at quarterback, Mike, uh, and Jeff, but I'm going to give it to you outside the top ten. Who do you like at quarterback that could be top five? Does he wear Honolulu blue? <laughs> <laughs> Is that the uh, color in Is that the color in Houston? <laughs> uh, no, it's actually the color in Detroit. I'm going oh. Matthew Stafford. I know you're looking at Matt Schaub, but I'm thinking Matthew Stafford. And I think that as long as he's healthy, which, of course, is the big if, the weapons that are available in that offense for Detroit with a strong defense and a uh, a really – to the weapons in the backfield and in the passing game are just immense. I think that many people have tagged Stafford as a potential 30-plus touchdown quarterback guy. Yeah, that'll never happen. <laughs> well, that's huge. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't uh, see how I don't see how there's ten better quarterbacks, fantasy quarterbacks in the league than Matt Schaub. Now, I mean, again, it could happen, but you know, there's a lot of names, ten other names, and you're still landing Matt Schaub. There's absolutely no reason whatsoever to take the quarterback early. What do you think? What do you think, Mike? Well, you know, I'm looking at a guy like Joe Flacco. I mean, what has this guy done wrong? Uh, they, I know they have a pounded uh, offense, uh, pretty much. But uh, Joe Flacco, I mean, he doesn't bother me one bit at all to take a guy like him. Yeah, but how often does he throw for three touchdowns? That's really what you got to look at. How? I mean, you're looking for a quarterback that's going to put up big games for you. And I can see Stafford throwing for three touchdowns. I can see Sam Bradford doing it. I can see Matt Schaub doing it, especially with no defense in Houston, which seems to be the case every year. Joe Flacco plays games that are won by the field goal kicker or they're won by, 
you know, Ray Rice scoring one touchdown, they win 13-6. to six. Really, you want that quarterback? I don't think so. I, I mean, I like Joe Flacco. I've loved his game, but he is not – he's a Troy Aikman. He is a great quarterback. He's not a great fantasy quarterback. Right. You know, he's, a manager of game, he's a manager of game instead of a manager of uh, fantasy football, which uh, brings me back that, uh, you know, who knows uh, what Kevin called. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't make that reach yet. Uh, a nice R, a nice QB2 to have, but if I'm looking for a quarterback that's going to – I would take a Stafford. I, I would take a Bradford. Uh, maybe, but but I would feel best about a match job. I mean, again, a down year for touchdowns for him, only 24 touchdowns, but still 4,300 yards. You're going to get a consistent quarterback score every week with that guy, and, and they're only going to get better. The defense has to get, has nowhere to go but up, and that has to bring more points to the offense when the defense improves like that. So yeah. I, I'm pretty interested in seeing match job. There's no reason to take the quarterback early. Just I, I think you're going to see those in these competitive leagues, Especially in a draft master format, there's no reason to take a quarterback early because you're always you exactly. can pair up a couple of two or three guys and get a, a and beat Peyton Manning, you know, every single week. So let's let's Scott, move on to tight exactly. end. We have a few more minutes left. Go ahead. Well, Scott, yeah, real quick. That's what we've done, Scott. Uh, you know, we're uh, almost we're we're six rounds into this draft and uh, we haven't drafted a quarterback and. Uh, you know, don't plan on it. I mean, we've got guys like uh, Freeman that are looking at us and, uh, yeah. you know, some others. You're gonna that, uh, they're going to be right there. And uh, so let's let's go ahead and get some value at uh, running back and wide receiver while we can and then move forward with the, with the quarterbacks in, uh, say, round six, seven, eight. Yeah, you're going to see a lot more of that, Mikey. Uh, Jeff, let's move on to tight end, buddy. We need a, we need a tight end outside of the top ten. Uh, that's being drafted and has a chance at, at top five. We need we need a lock, man. Pick it, put it, put us down. Let's let's uh, lock it down. Chris Cooley. Uh, Chris yeah, Cooley that's the guy. Oh. You took my guy. Well, well, it's the obvious choice. I mean, he got a ton of catches. He had the most catches. I think he was a top ten receiver in catches. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he had a huge number of, t- of catches, but very few touchdowns. Yeah. And that was the recipe for that made Jason Witten the fancy draft of the pick of the year before he exploded, because the touchdowns are going to come. He's going to get the targets. He's the number one possible. He's the number two target at worst, possibly the number one target in Washington. Yeah, I can't see guys taking Rob Gronkowski and Pettigrew over Chris Cooley right now, but they're doing it. And, look, again, tight end is another one of those positions. It's just so deep this year. I really see tight end and quarterback. You just wait and wait and be patient, and you're going to be just fine. Now, the funny thing is, though, FFPC, you've got to crunch your numbers. The tight end position could be worth more than your wide receiver. You get one and a half points per reception, and there's some elite tight ends this year. So you've got to crunch the numbers and make sure – you might need a, you might want a wide receiver, but it might make more sense to the math, to the numbers game. And again, remember this is a numbers game. You've got to crunch the numbers because seventy-seven receptions from a tight end like Cooley, somebody might just snag up a tight end two. They might snag in a tight end two on you while you're waiting for yours, and then you're sitting there and left holding the bag. You didn't get Cooley. You don't have anything, and they're sitting on two tight ends. Well, one thing that I'm looking at, Scott, is. Uh... Obviously, uh, Tony Moyaki, uh, you know, he, he slipped. I mean, he fell to, uh, you know, pretty much 11th round. But uh, 
it depends on who's going to throw it, but the, the Minnesota situation at tight end, uh, that could be very valuable uh, because of the fact that uh, Adrian Peterson, he's going, he's going to get his job done. Uh, but the, the quarterback, he's going to be, He's going to be needing somebody to dump it all to, and uh, a tight end in Minnesota, whoever it may be, uh, that could be a good spot. All right. Well, guys, it was a lot of fun. Jeff, thanks for joining us on Late Notice, man. It was a lot of fun having you around. DynastyGuys.com is the place to be for Dynasty Trades. We're going to uh, stick around for just overtime. We've got a couple of Dynasty Trades we want to ask Jeff about right after the break. So come back. Listen to the overtime segment. It will be available a few minutes after the show is over, and uh, you can catch uh, Dynasty uh, Trade Talk with Jeff Pasquino from DynastyGuys.com. Mike, as always, thanks for being here, and we'll see you guys next week. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. All right, Jeff Pasquino is our guest from DynastyGuys.com. And, Jeff, we pulled off a couple of trades in, in one of the dynasties. I haven't been able to pull and pry Ryan Williams away from you for nothing. Obviously, that's the guy I've been wanting to, to snag, and I haven't been able to do it. But I but I have been able to pull off a couple of trades just uh, in the last day or two here in, uh, in, a, in another league. I've got a couple of uh, dynasty trades out that I want to get your thoughts on. Uh, so let's start off with the the trade that I pulled off in a Hyper 2, ran by our good friend Ryan McDowell. Uh, I got rid of Sean Green. I got rid of uh, Joe McKnight. There came an offer in. I, I, I went after Sean Green this year. I grabbed him. But then an offer came in that I felt helped my team this year uh, for Wes Welker and no Sean Moreno. So I give up Green, McKnight, and actually Gerhardt as part of that deal, and I know you're high on him. I, I get Moreno, Welker, and uh, Charlie Whitehurst, who I uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a 2012 third, but I don't have much use for Whitehurst. But what do you think of that trade? So you get Welker, Moreno, and uh, Whitehurst. Yep, in a third in a third rounder next year. Yeah, that's, that's nothing. Um, uh, in a PPR league, if you need wide receivers, I can see this. I don't think Moreno has much of any value, especially with D'Angelo Williams coming to town. Um, that said, I'm not a big fan of Green either. I'm not. I don't love either side of this deal. So, if you were rich on running backs and wanted to move for a wide receiver, I could definitely see this because Welker's a good startable uh, PPR guy. So that's really the prize in this group. I think Moreno is kind of a you know he's garnished to that deal. It's not a bad deal. It's not a great deal. I wouldn't jump up and down on either side. If I wanted a running back and I was rich in wide receivers, I could see moving Welker for the running backs and for the Jets because they run the ball a lot. So I think it's kind of a win-win. Mike, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know what? I, I think it's the same way. I mean, it's just kind of a trade just to make a trade right now. Uh, it, You know, it, it doesn't sound like uh, it's going to make a real impact on uh, either team uh, whatsoever. What's wrong with Welker? You guys, uh, I, I see automatically, I see Welker as a better starter than Sean Green right off the bat. Plus, I'm getting Moreno, who I don't care. He can run on my bench. And, but, uh, you Moreno, know, he's looking, People underestimate the value of a, of a bench spot. I know. I would trade Moreno. I mean, as soon as D'Angelo Williams winds up in Denver, if you can get something for him, then I'd move him. 
I, I, I just don't see the value of him. I just don't trust the guy. If D'Angelo gets hurt, of course he's got value, but you could say that about a lot of backup running backs. Uh, I, no, the value for Green is because the Jets run the ball a lot, but Welker is not the same wide receiver without a true wide receiver one on the other side of the field. He just doesn't dominate the catches, and they are moving to towards the two tight end set. A lot of they, the tight ends run a lot of the seam routes that Welker used to do. Welker doesn't stretch the field, and now they've got you know seven or eight running backs that they, they drafted, or they've got they've got four running backs really in that stable that are. They could move to a ground-centric game in, in New England and really diminish the amount of passing that goes on. They're moving away from Welker, who I think is a free agent after this year, and looking towards um, uh, Julian Edelman for next year. You know, it's well, funny. I love I love how the fantasy community, again, and we we had the same conversation with Hills, but I love how the fantasy community loves to not automatically dismiss guys. And, and Moreno and Welker fit that bill to a T. And then every year it happens – they get just, you know, slapped in the face because I see Welker as a guy who we had no idea what we were going to get from him because he was the guy that came back from an ACL. And he still puts up – he's still the 18th best wide receiver in the league the first year back from an ACL, actually 10 months after an ACL injury. And he, he still comes back and, and has a, a great season in 16 games, not even – in 15 games, not even 16 games. He's still wide receiver 18. I think that's his floor, and I don't. I don't know. I, I'm real comfortable starting Welker just about any game that you that you have. Uh, and again, it's his first year back off ACL. You saw how he started off fast. The injury it looked like started to take its toll on him a little bit, and then things started to really rip and roar, and he rattled off like five games over 17 points. So I, I'm not afraid of Welker at all. Moreno, on the other hand, well, I've never heard a player in all my life automatically relegated to the RB2 role before a running back's ever been signed. It's, it's never been a, a foregone conclusion ever like we've heard D'Angelo Williams to Denver. And I'm, just, I'm still not sold that it's going to happen. All right, Scott. Well, one thing I'm going to say about the Wes Welker deal is uh, Jeff, he, he brought up a real good point. It's, uh, it's his contract year. And, you know, once everything gets done, he's going to show out, but he's a hard-nosed player, and uh, they're going to have a hard time finding different options. But New England never has a hard time finding different options. So I think – I truly think Welker is going to uh, – he's going to shine and flourish, and he's going to be Brady's main guy this entire year. Welker scored – he only scored touchdowns in five games, including – uh, two of which Rennie Moss was on the other side of the field. So he only scored three touchdowns in the 12 games where Moss was not on the field. Oh, touchdowns are flighty. Anybody can catch a touchdown. You saw, who was the guy for Peyton Manning that had 12 touchdowns the year he broke all those records? Who was that? Brandon Stokely, right? I mean, a slot Stokely, wide yeah. receiver. And, and, okay, Stokely's not a touchdown machine, but it's the product of the offense. And, and there's tons of studies out there that, Touchdowns are totally unpredictable. You can go from 18 to 5 or from 2 to 10. It's, it's one of those things I don't even care about. Why does touchdowns are touchdowns? All right, let's move on to the next one. The next one was in the sixth <laughs> dynasty league. We know all about Damn the sixth dynasty league. Roddy White on one side. On the other side, Sidney Rice, Dustin Keller, actually at two points per reception in a 2012 second. Which side do you like? 
if I've got the roster room and either the tight end, I think I like the Dustin Keller move. Uh, I I think that you know Sidney Rice has got the nice upside. I think the the nice thing I, I was I was criticizing the league because I moved Larry Fitzgerald for um, a, a couple of good wide receivers, you know, and and uh, a, a prospect, but. One of the things that Scott, you and I talked about this deal actually back back in the day, and one of the things that kind of turned me that you said if this guy goes down, it's a hundred percent. If Larry Fitzgerald gets hurt, it's a hundred percent of the of your value gone. It's it's he's gone for that season. So by getting two or three players that can fill out your roster and put up good points, you're not only are you getting good value and improving your overall lineup, but you're also mitigating your risk by taking less of an injury possibility. Now, anybody can get hurt. I understand that. And obviously, you, you would love to fill out your roster with top five wide receivers and running backs throughout the, the entire roster. But if you've got a deep league and you've got a, a deep roster and a deep starting lineup, you need those guys. You've got to fill your guys like with top 60, 70, 75 players. And I think you've done that. And like you've, the, the drop from going from, from Roddy White to Rice is not nearly as much as that bump that you get for the tight end, and plus the draft pick. Yeah, I'm still not sold that Sidney Rice is a um, uh, still has what he had the year he had with Brett Favre. There are rumors and whispers around close to the Minnesota organization that say he's not the same wide receiver that we saw that year. So he'll still have to pass the clean bill of health no matter where he goes or where he signs or if he stays in Minnesota where it's a total cluster at the quarterback position. Mike, go ahead. That that team needs a quarterback, and uh, is it going to be Christian Ponder? Is it going to be uh, uh, Donovan McNabb? Uh, I don't think either one of them are going to be a good fit. That team, they're in disarray right now because they don't have uh, a quarterback. Well, let's let's be clear. Let's be clear, guys. That Sidney Rice is not necessarily going to be a Minnesota Viking this year. He's an unrestricted free agent, so he could be anywhere. It's just a matter of where he signs, but. Yeah. Um, the, the nice thing about these trades, and the, the reason that we can debate both sides, is often I find that the best trades, the hardest ones I click the yes button are, are the ones where you can make an argument on both sides. That that tells me that it's a fair deal. So I think that this is a fair deal, and it's just a personal preference at that point. You could win either side of this deal. One last trade I want to get your thoughts on. It's in uh, one of the Dynasty League SFPC. Calvin Johnson and James Starks on one side. You don't see a lot of trades involving Calvin Johnson, but Calvin Johnson and James Starks on one side, elite and an upside, for Ray Rice and Mike Williams of Seattle. Ray Rice and Mike Williams of Seattle or Calvin Johnson and James Starks? Is this a PPR league? Yes. Uh, I love Ray Rice. I really do. Hmm. Really, it's it's if it's a deeper league with a lot of starting wide receivers, I like the Rice Williams side. I I I know I think Starks is worthless. I I don't put any value on him. I think Ryan Grant is a great sleeper running back. We probably should have talked about him earlier, but uh, I don't yeah. know his ADP. I don't know what his ADP is right now, but it's probably outside the top twenty. Um, Calvin Johnson is one of those studs, but if you're in a deeper league where it's not all about gathering studs, it's about gathering good startable players. Uh, I'd rather have Rice and Williams, especially with Rice's value about to go up with McGahee leaving town. Yeah. Ryan, 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 RB, RB28 right now, Jeff. 
Yeah, good value. I, I totally agree with Jeff on that. Uh, James Starks, uh, I don't know. Uh, you, you don't know what you're going to get, but uh, you know what you're going to get with Ray Rice. Uh, he's a young guy, and he's still got a lot left in him, and, uh, you know, he can rush. And, and plus, with, uh, like like what uh, Jeff said with the PPR league, I mean, he's going to get a ton of receptions out of the backfield. So, I don't know. I go Rice Williams. Well, I think I think Rice – I think Calvin is a slight upgrade in the dynasty league to Ray Rice. Uh, if ADP shows us that, I think, for the most part, Foster, Calvin – uh, is, is you, are usually your couple of top picks there. And then followed closely behind, a couple of picks behind is Ray Rice. I mean, he's right there in the discussion. Um, so I don't I don't see any uh, any issue with that. But if, if you want to get a little bit of an upside, you got to give up you got to give up a little bit of something. And I think giving up uh, Mike Williams for James Stark isn't unreasonable to do that. So it's an offer I've got pending out there. We'll see what happens. Jeff, it's always it's always fun having you on, man. Thanks again uh, for being on. And uh, look, we're going to be tuned in all this week on the Pros versus Joe's draft. So maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll pop on and, and do a, a a spontaneous show here and uh, on Sunday night or maybe Monday. So Jeff, thanks, buddy, and good luck to you. All right, thanks, thanks guys. Jeff. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Mike. Absolutely, Jeff. Good luck Sunday, and uh, let's have a lot of fun. All right, sounds good, Mike. Kick his ass, Jeff. Yes. 